This week, we'll be talking about startup and networking events and how to get the most out of them. We also interviewed people on the floor at Big Omaha to give an inside look. All of that and more on this episode of Inside Outside. Stay with us. Running a startup is hard. Running one outside the valley is even harder. Inside Outside is a podcast for inside access to startups outside the valley. Each week, we'll bring you real insights, raw stories, and tactical advice from founders and startup teams around the country. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Inside Outside, your look into startups outside of Silicon Valley. My name's Matt Boyd. I'm Brian Ardinger. And I am Paul Jarrett. It's a good week. It's a good week this week. Great week. A lot of good stuff going on. Are you looking at me to like talk about or <laughs> should I hold it till a later time? <laughs> I was super excited about today's As usual. recording. As usual. I put my shorts on backwards. That's <laughs> a true story. Nice. Yes. Nice. So big Paul, Omaha week. It's big Omaha it week. Is. Big Omaha week. Pipeline. Yeah. Um, a lot going on. Yes. You're looking at me. Should I, should I announce it? So Paul's got an announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and announce it. Um, so uh, at Bulu Box, we raised uh, approximately $1.5 million in additional capital. Woo! Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Um, and that's going to a uh, software. Um, basically, we're leveraging all the data that we've collected off of BuluBox.com. And it's going towards the software that we've built and to continue the growth on that. That's um, super it's huge. Bulu Insights. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So, Congrats. So yeah. I, I, we haven't done the press release. We haven't done anything yet. <laughs> so I'm like very cautious on what I say <laughs> because I need to get on the same page as our team. Yeah. And uh, our the, the gal that runs PR for us is incredible and um, I want to make sure that I don't miss deliver toast. information, but yeah. <laughs> so I want to get into, um, this week is big Omaha, a lot going on, a lot of events. Um, but we want to talk about networking and events this week. And we want to talk about, you know, how to utilize now, how to utilize these events, how to get the most out of them. There are tons of events, right? There are a lot of events that go on around the country, around even in, in this area. Um, how do you know which ones are the the best for you? I'm watching Brian form a thought. I have a big thought about this, but you're going to have to edit, edit a lot of it. So sorry about <laughs> that, Matt. I'll just start with this. It's all marketing. Yeah. Like newsflash, it's all marketing. Your marketing, your brand, yourself, it's all marketing. This podcast, everything you're doing, <laughs> Yeah, you know, especially if you're starting a business, you are you are marketing. So I look at events as nothing more than a marketing item and you need to develop goals. You need to understand how you're going to measure it. Yeah. Um, and you're probably going to waste money on events that don't work. But if you track it and if you set goals, it's going to help you determine if you should go to it the following year totally. or the next event totally. or whatever. I think you go through a life cycle of events as well. Like a early entrepreneur, if you don't have a team, you're trying to figure out what to do in that Going to events is a great way to, again, get immersed into the ecosystem, start meeting some folks, start yeah. kind of doing that planning. But at a certain point, you've got to kind of pull back and say, okay, I've got to build some stuff. So Yeah, like just getting heads down, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you've got to go in, like, understand where you are in this life cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I want to accomplish out of it, like you were saying, Paul, and, and be very deliberate about it. I think too many people buy a ticket, go to an event get all, you know, razzled up and then say, and then what's next? I yep. think that's the problem yep. with it. It's like, you've got to have a what's next before you go into the event. Yep. I think you're kind of an asshole if you decide to go to an event and you don't have an underlying goal or if you just say, oh, events are worthless. Like those award shows, yeah. those whatever, like you, 
like, no, like it's you. You don't understand what like what's really of. going on here. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That that's a really great way to put it. Yeah. You yeah. don't really understand what's going on here. Yeah. There's different types of events. I mean, you have the events like uh, a big Omaha where you're going to see some people from outside your normal sphere of influence. Maybe yeah. hear some exciting stories or, or get to meet people you wouldn't normally meet. Then there's also like the events like the meetups where you're meeting your local community. You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of connecting with those folks that may be able to help you immediately impact some stuff. Do you guys – I'll ask you a very deep <laughs> question here. Do you guys dread – I'm just going to say it. Like me, do you guys dread going to events and then you get there and you're like, okay, this is why I'm here. I like events. You do? Like even I mean, the build up anticipation looking forward to it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, oh man, I gotta get like hyped up. No, I like, I like going and because maybe because I've been doing it so long and yep. I've, I've got a system of, you know, exactly what, what I want to, what yeah, I want to do and who yeah. I want to meet and stuff. Yeah. And so it, it's, it, it, I go in with an, an, a purpose. Yep. And then I, it's fun to execute that purpose. Yep. I think it depends on where I'm at. Like if I'm in the middle of doing a lot of stuff as far as like building, then I do start yeah, tend to dread events, uh, which I think is normal. And I think you covered that a little bit, Brian, but um, maybe that's what it is. Like, like yeah. knowing that you got to unplug from the team and the core. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it is. Uh, that's the worst. And, and depends on you know sometimes i think events are really if if there's somebody who has very specific domain knowledge who's talking right then i want to go and find out like what they have to say mm-hmm. um there's uh there's a pipeline event tonight and i'm kind of okay like you know i gotta like figure out my day to like be able to attend that yeah but uh, there's a guy from mit that's going to be there and mm-hmm. and you know in the past he's had a dramatic impact on our business and i'm like i, I need to go to this because that one little nugget yeah. of information could be all the difference in the world and so like my goal of attending that is to get in front of him get time how fast can i update him on our business yeah and get some feedback on some very specific items i also don't think i think that with these events, when, when there's a lot of speakers, like you have to really pick and choose. It's yeah. really, really easy to sit, to just like find yourself sitting in a, in a hall all day long and just listening to whoever's talking. Right. But like, I think that you, you kind of have to be intentional with like what you want to pull out of that event yep. uh, and like, then create a nice balance of networking and the speaker that you're going to listen to. I like going through the speaker list ahead of time. And again, trying to identify either topics or people that I want to definitely be a part of. And then I'll, I'll use the event itself and I'll, I'll sit in different spots. Mm-hmm. Like I won't pick out one particular spot and sit there the whole day. I'll try to move around and then that yeah. gives you a, a natural way potentially to meet other folks. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the events, the reason I like them, even though I can come in with a lot of planning, some of the best things that come out of events are the serendipitous kind of just you bump into somebody and it's like, oh, I didn't know you did that or yeah. um, that you didn't plan for. And I think that's that's the event, live event. I mean, you can go, you can listen to a, a lot of these events. I mean, actually, Friday we were with the N Motion teams. We live streamed Dave McClure's Weapons of Mass Distribution Conference out in yeah. San Francisco, and it was great content. But there was something about not being there, being able to interact during yeah. breaks and things like that. So there's yeah. definitely an advantage to being there. So so how do I get better in networking? And I have an opinion on that. I think that um, a lot of people get stuck in their little rut of just like not going to these events or not practicing networking. Um, so I think that networking takes very, very consistent practice and yes. getting yourself out of your yep. own comfort zone. 
that's kind of that thing I was talking about. Like it, it's too easy just to say like, oh, I'm, you know, it, it's the event's fault or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. good at this. Or, no, it's just like anything. Like you got to work at it. Yeah. Like put together a plan and work at it. Yep. My feeling is that a lot of the dread around networking is the word itself, <laughs> networking. Uh, and people have this preconceived idea that it's yeah. a manipulative kind of deal. But if I think if you change the mindset and like you're going in to meet people and have a conversation and you're just talking and, to people. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And, and create a relationship. Yeah. Like a relationship building, maybe instead of networking, yeah. maybe a better way to kind of go from a mindset perspective. I, I think you're right on that. Yeah. I've, I've found, um, a lot of my mindset changing when I'm interacting with people at events and kind of shifting more from a, what can this person do for me yep. to a, what can I do for this person? Exactly. And that, Ooh, of, that's good. That kind of like helps me more um, attending events. But I will admit when, you know, I see that Brian Halligan from HubSpot <laughs> is going to be there. I'm, you know, I kind of snap into, okay, I want to get this one specific yeah, question yeah, absolutely. passed by him. And, um, but, but yeah, that's a difficult, you know, not to, not to feel like kind of you, like you have to take a shower after you're done. <laughs> sales mini, you yeah, know, yeah, but, sure. but also like everybody there knows why you're there uh, and they know, you know, why they are there as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. so stay tuned for a look inside big Omaha with a few people who attended the event. This week's episode of inside outside is sponsored by Dillashaw LLC, SP group accounting and inspro insurance. With experience both inside and outside the Valley, this trio of service providers can get any startup their core legal, accounting, and insurance needs met. Check out InsideOutside.io to connect to Bart Dillashaw, Matt Westenberg, and Noah Greenwald. So how do you get one's time? I want to transition a little bit into talking about... um, kind of outward outreach networking, even if it's, uh, even if it's not you attending an event or maybe it is, maybe the Brian Halligan is at an event, uh, and you want to get a little bit of their time. How do you, how do you do that? And, and doing the outreach, I, I found a quote on Cora, Jason Lemkin suggests, uh, he actually suggests that CEOs are some of the hardest people to get to, but maybe potentially other executives are a lot easier and maybe more valuable. And, and I'll read that quote. He says, sometimes it can be shockingly easy to meet SVPs, EVPs, VPs, and and the like. If your inbound pitch is one hundred percent spot on, I, I think a lot of that. Uh, for, so, for example, you know, again, you look at your speaker list, and there's always the five or ten top kind of headliners that you. Oh yeah, I'd love to meet Seth Godin or whatever. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes it's those second tier people who, um, quote unquote, second tier people that actually provide you the more the more value. I was just like kind of thinking like if Stephanie, my co-founder, and I were in a crowd. And somebody, you know, like wants to talk to me about e-commerce, it's probably wiser if they would cut out. (laughs) (laughs) She's, I could hear her listening to this right now. Ah, thanks a lot. But I'm like, well, you know, if it's specific like workings of e-commerce or, you know, if I'd go to an event with our CTO, Caitlin, like it's wiser for a programmer or somebody that has a question to go directly to that person. I like that quote. That's, that's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess my thing is just don't discount the other folks that are typically, really good event organizers have a reason for the reason why they're bringing those folks in. And so don't, don't discount it just because you haven't heard of the name or, or don't know the person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. I think that, um, if you want to get in front, I, I, it sounds silly, but like little things of, you know, tweeting at them leading up to the event. That's a major thing. Yeah. Um, connecting mm-hmm. with them via LinkedIn. Um, I do. Um, yeah. I even, I even do the Facebook thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, totally. I do think it's a little bit cringeworthy whenever like, 
I remember last year at Big Omaha, um, Evan Williams was standing in the crowd and they were just like, it was almost a line of people just eager to like, Little too get, get like a little bit of a glance. There is, there is that point I where it's like, I'm just like, that's gross. Like <laughs> that, is, like yep. you're really like putting yourself into this position to get, yep. <laughs> to, to get remember, a glance from Evan Williams. Like, yep. come on. I remember Dave McClure was at big Omaha and we were pretty early on with Bulu box. And I just, you know, that same kind of thing was happening. Yeah. And I just like broke through everybody like a jerk face and just handed him my card and said, um, birch box but for vitamins and supplements and we also have a, a data twist and he was like cool and he gave me his car back and everybody just looked like damn it like, <laughs> yeah. his car. and that took you 10 seconds yeah. and here we are you yeah, know yeah. with a verbal bl- nice. trying to like get him to come around and give us a card and so, so can i say verbal bl- nice. oh. you're like gonna get clocked oh man <laughs> i just have to say that that was a saying that our coaches at iowa state would always say like yeah. if you if you overpraise somebody on the team they'd say quit giving them a verbal bl- nice. oh man is this the thing that i get in trouble yeah, for that, that crap uh so are business cards effective what do you think about that i think that um I think they can be. I think they can also be. Yeah, I think uh, I just read Gary Vanderchuk came out, out saying, you know, they're totally worthless. And I don't know. Totally worthless what? is. is <laughs> it's a little is strong. It, it's a little strong. Gary. Uh, and I think it Gary also depends. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, I, I think when you're overly like, uh, like, here's my business card. Take it, take it, take it. Um, versus like just having having something that a person could take a note down and yeah. or even if they throw it away, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's a it's a symbol that you want to connect with that person mm-hmm. and it gives them an opportunity to, to, you know, scan it into their database and, and throw it away for later. some cultures are extremely yeah. serious about their business card. I think in China, have you guys ever seen that YouTube video Japan, where the China, guy that yep. specializes in making business cards? Well, I Oh mean, my God, I'm going to have to find it. We can post the link. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. But, <laughs> it's the best video ever. But having lived in Asia, I mean, they were, in the subways, you could go and there's these little vending machines to create your business card. So when you landed in a particular airport, you could For real. make a business card. Make a business wow. card, yeah. I mean, you got to hand it with two hands. There's, there's a whole There's definitely a whole thing about it. it. Yeah. Well, I could give a very specific situation in which business cards are highly effective for our company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've actually calculated there is, um, and I'm, I'm going to be vague because I don't want to give away all of our secrets. Um, but we've identified certain events that we actually go to trade show booths and we don't talk to the person at the booth. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because we've actually timed it out and we've figured out how many contacts that we need to acquire. Um, and we've figured out that we literally got it down to don't spend more than 26 seconds at a booth. Wow. And that turned into dividing the event into four sections on a map, having four of us split up, physically grab business cards as quickly as possible. Um, we might drop off our card or we might not. Um, and we had a goal that we wanted to hit. <laughs> Funny side story. Um, actually, everybody was physically injured by the time that we were done. <laughs> That's how hard we were working. Nice. You know, it was like blisters, sore back. That That's how you know you're hustle. doing it right. That is yeah. start of hustle right there. Yeah. And um, then we came back and gathered up all the business cards. And I think it was, I think it was seven, it was between 500 to 700 um, contacts. And they were, this was like good contacts, you know, wow. legitimate contacts that we needed. We shipped them to shoeboxed. 
Yep. Um, they, oh, com- they digitized, digitized them. them yep. They gave us an Excel file back. Um, we added it to our B2B marketing list and mm-hmm. boom, off to the races. Now That's marketing with cool. those people. And we've figured out that that cost to do that um, pays for itself by the time we market to those people. I think that you're bringing up a good point. I think that business cards actually might be better on the receiving end. I think that um, mm-hmm. I think I think about it like I, I look around my house even, I, and I don't do much with business cards. Like I, I don't digitize them, or I don't do as much oh, as I, I should. I do. You do. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think they're just super super useful on acquiring contacts. I mean, you never know who your whose business card you're going to get and what information you're going to get. And I think it's I think keeping those is really really useful. I kind of automatically have a thing where if I get a business card, usually when I walk out of the event, I go to LinkedIn or I go to yep. Facebook and I add that person. There used to be, what was it, Card Munch by LinkedIn? Yeah, got, That's kind of got, got bought by, Card Munch got bought by LinkedIn, I think. Yeah. And there's some really great apps where you can just snap a photo of the card yeah. and Everyone's then it, it you know, yeah. digitizes or adds that person and, and, you know, there's faster ways to do it with shoebox, but I think that's worth noting too. Is there's yeah. some really great apps to to use all of those? Uh, we were actually we were sitting in a meeting yesterday, and and somebody mentioned how uh, they actually keep track of how many business cards they're giving out, mm-hmm. um, and that's how they track their effectiveness. Who said their, that? Uh, Vishal. From, from Quantified Ag. Yeah, right. um, I'm going to get some name drops in here. That's good for people. So, what so up, Vishal? <laughs> he actually mentioned how. Um, he, he gives out these business cards and tracks exactly every event, how many he gives out nice. and then the conversion like rate. That. Yeah. And then how, what, what that conversion rate is from LinkedIn connections and how many people he, he puts actually a QR cares. code on it. You have to scan it. <laughs> no, no, I really like that. Actually. He'll wait and, and follow you know, with LinkedIn. You can see who views your profile yeah. and see who comes back. Mm-hmm. And then he knows that person's probably a little bit more interested than just somebody he gave a business card to. If they come back and check his profile, yep. they're more likely to have that conversation. So that's nice inside tip when it comes to events, how intentional do you have to be in like what type of networking you're wanting to achieve? I think, and I think that comes down to like, uh, you know, sales. If you're, I think sales networking mm-hmm. is a little bit different than like, you know, potential marketing or, um, there's kind of like the events for like personal development or yeah, trade like fundra- shows, like if you're fundraising, the, it's a yeah. different, it's a different thing. Right. I think, yep. so I think part of that is just really, really being aware of what you want to achieve and what you're trying to do. I think that's a really good point. I approach pretty much every meeting that it's a quote unquote networking event from the standpoint of not from an, and again, I try to switch the mindset. Like I'm not going into, uh, to network. I'm going to meet people and and build relationships. And I'm going with typically with what can I give out first? And that that good karma is going to come back to me in some way. Yep. And if you if you approach networking that way, I think it just takes away a lot of the stigma and it takes a lot of the fear away because it's like I'm going into a crowd and I'm going to see if I can help this crowd. And through that, those yeah. conversations and that you start building those relationships and and making connections that eventually will come back to you in, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it, it depends. I think you had a really good point of like what stage you are with your business. What's the intention? You yeah. know, is it yeah. personal growth? Is it business sales growth? And, and I guess, you know, I tend to just always think is it, does this drive sales for our business? No. Why, you know, yes or no. If no, yeah. why am I here? So how, how important is the follow up? I think that that's, um, following up after a networking event is super important. Crucial. Super. Hashtag super, super important. Uh, I mean, why bother meeting the person in that if the, if, the, if you're not going to follow up if you're not going to you know say thank you for your time if you're not going to yeah. you know take that next step 
uh, it kind of goes by the wayside. I mean, sometimes, yes, maybe you meet somebody and, and there's no immediate connection. You can't help them right away. They can't help you right away. So you just ping them and say, you know, hey, great to meet you. Looking forward to connecting in the future. But I think there's always some type of follow-up you can say, just, hey, thanks for spending time with me last yep. night. Um, that goes a long way, even if you don't have to, even if you can't help that person right away or, or vice versa. Yeah. I think the follow-up is the most important part, right? Like going to the event is easy, you know. Getting the card connect, is even getting easy. easy. But actually it's hard to actually, you know, connect afterwards. Yeah. Um, also, pro tip, handwritten cards mm. go a long way. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just, you know, something that I think coming from the ad agency world, it's something that you know, even, you know, I remember back to interviewing for um, internships and like how powerful handwritten cards are. I still do it. I do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a stack of cards a week that I send out and, um, you know, that comes from a very like genuine place. And, you know, there might be somebody that I meet once at an event and I do the LinkedIn and I do the email or whatever. And mm-hmm. even there might not be, or there might be radio silence, but to hand, right? Like, Hey, it was great to meet you. And mm-hmm. I look forward to blank. A different like, level. Right. Right. So, um, I think that follow up part is it's, it's everything. Yeah. What about digital networking? So networking, and you mentioned this a little bit, Paul, but I think, um, some of the best contacts that I've ever made came through Twitter. Yeah, I had a guy one time, he was C-suite of a very, very large company. And uh, I tweeted him, added him <laughs> on Facebook, added him on LinkedIn. Um, I think I followed him on Instagram or something. And he <laughs> came right up to me at an event. And now he knew who I was and what our company yeah. was. And, and um, um, he said, you are one social media platform away from being annoying. <laughs> and I said, so it worked. And he said, it worked. He's like, let's talk. And the cool thing was, is he knew all about our business. He knew everything ahead of time. Yeah. And I looked at my co-founder and she just shook her head and she's like, well, it worked. I was like, yeah. 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 Good thing my space was closed. <laughs> I pri- I pri- is it closed? I don't even I don't know. know. Yeah. I beboed him. <laughs> yeah. I used to think a lot people about are, people are like, what the hell is <laughs> Friendster. <laughs> That's old school. Um, I think on Twitter, one, one good way of, of networking with people is actually just making lists and people don't utilize lists enough, but I think they're a really powerful way of kind of like, what do you mean? So Twitter list. Yeah, I actually, I, I've been added to them, but I, I'm not that familiar with yeah, them. So you can create a list of people and essentially it's like a separate Twitter stream for just that subset of people. And so depending on what you're doing, if you're in say, if you're trying to get a sale or if you're trying to get, mm-hmm. um, whatever you're trying to get, I used to use it a lot for PR. So I would put uh, a massive list of, of journalists that I thought Matt, were that's going to take like 10 minutes of my life to put together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why can't Twitter just do it for me? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I Fiverr, think it's, man, Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. So I made this, this list and then essentially, you know, it helps you kind of keep context with these people. So if you want to actually, I think the best way of networking and kind of getting to a goal on Twitter is not to just go out and ask, but to just consistently say, Hey, that was a really good post that you made, you know, consistently comment on what they're posting and just build a relationship. Mm -hmm. And a good way to do that is Twitter list because you can kind of within one specific direction, um, kind of comment on people's stuff. That's a really, um, um, good way to actually mingle and, and get into some PR 
when yeah, you start, absolutely. you know, especially like some entry, when you find out mm-hmm. somebody's like an entry level, have we talked about that on the hair before? But if you find like an entry level writer for, right. you know, an industry publication or whatever, yeah. um, start following that person and, you know, comment and add them and, to a list and congratulate them, add them to a list. I need to get on this list thing. Yeah. Um, it's very powerful. Yep. And you know, it might not be instantly, but over three years of reading what they're putting out, you're going to develop a relationship and it will be much more likely they write a story or something on you. And a little bit of a trick. So so uh, I actually add people to people. People see when you add them to a list. Mm-hmm. So I always yeah. add them to a list that compliments them. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I'll create a list that's like awesome rock stars. Yeah. And you see that you're added to that list and you're like, huh, this person thinks I'm a rock Folks star. I don't want to follow. <laughs> so after this, people I hate. When this podcast goes out really good looking men we will all be added to that list by people i hope so face for podcast list (laughs) the best faces for radio (laughs) what's radio so i I think it's easy to get into the mindset of like thinking that networking only exists in the physical but i think that there's even more of a case today for networking through digital you know, Mark, through yeah, forums, like, through Twitter, and, um, just commenting, uh, things like that. Yeah. What's I mean, the, what's the biggest like network, um, uh, like connection that you've ever made. And it was kind of your like, holy guys. shit moment. Mm. I, I, so through email, um, having lunch with guy Kawasaki was uh, the, the biggest, jelly. I guess his email. Yeah. guy at kawasaki.com yeah. <laughs> no 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 it was uh no he isn't in one of his books he put his email so, in yeah. there yeah which it's I'm very sure. public i mean every like yep and then um i guess actually i guessed one of his co-founders ah. and we actually had some conversation back and forth i actually hit him up not too long ago when yeah. I was, so i have no you should have asked matt he had lunch with him yeah right yeah that what came about, through a cold email what so what was the best part about that lunch uh, just hearing his ideas toward our company. So I pitched him on our company and he kind of really what liked it. What company was that? Uh, jeans.com. <laughs> was it really? Tell us about, whoa, whoa. You pitched jeans.com to Kai Kawasaki? <laughs> yeah, it's a little e-commerce site. We're selling Online jeans. I don't know if you're serious or not. <laughs> not serious at all. Okay. Uh, you have <laughs> No, really. Like, can you talk about? Yeah, it was so squiggle. My previous. God, I really wish it was jeans.com. (laughs) I like fell for that (laughs) claim sinker. That's good. So, so what? Can you talk more about it? (laughs) Uh, No, I just so I just pitched him on the company. He liked it. um, Wanted to have lunch. So I we I had set up a series of meetings in San Francisco. Uh, We actually had lunch at this little outside place in uh i think menlo park it was good what nice. did he have what did he eat i think that i think it was more <laughs> of a brunch situation oh, okay a buffet i can't remember it's been a while what, what did you do here what did i do here um unlike my my first year at big omaha was last year and i spent most of the time watching presentations this year i've spent most of my time um bothering people during the presentations and and networking so I wouldn't even call it networking. I'm not meeting people for the purpose of business. It's meeting friends. What do you want to do when you grow up? What do I want to do when I grow up? Um, probably be an astronaut. That would be really rad. I have uh, like absolutely no skills that you need to be an astronaut, but I love space. 
don't know, I could pivot, couldn't I? My name is Mariah Nimich, and I am the Public Relations Marketing Manager at Bulu Box. Mike Kolker, I am. Uh, I own my own company called Simplify. Pitch me. Pitch you. Go. I mean, in a nutshell, Simplify resolves complexity through design, at events, and with creative life hacks. I've been telling people it's kind of the conglomeration of things that I've been doing for well over a decade, but I sort of... Uh, rebranded and kind of expanded on that because um, you know I've always wanted to be my own boss and I finally kind of got the push last fall hmm? I lost uh, the, the position that I was working in at a nonprofit was eliminated and they said uh, sorry good luck and I was just like, okay. And I was upset for a little bit, maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, you know what? I, if, if you're always asking for a sign, like there's no better sign than this. There's no better time than now. I've worked at all these different companies. And the reason that things haven't worked at those companies is because of me. I'm the common denominator. I just wasn't designed to work for somebody. I was designed to work for myself. So it was time to start using my network, start using my skills and abilities, start tapping into all those silver linings and all those shitty jobs that I had and figuring out, like, where do I go from here? My first name is Jordan. My last name is Green. I own a production company in Omaha, Nebraska. We come to Big Omaha every year uh, just to connect with some of the movers and shakers in the uh, business community and startup community in Omaha, which is something we've been interested in since we found out what a startup was um, probably four or five years ago. And um, so, yeah, it's just one of the only places where we can just meet like-minded nerds and, and talk about what we love. I mean, I'm, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So I started my first company when I was 19. I bought an ice company. We manufactured, packaged, and distributed food-grade ice. And from day one, that big, glaring problem of you don't have the money and you don't have the qualifications, but you have the ability uh, or the good idea and how that just so severely clashes with established business practices. Um, and yet, it, I mean, it meshes great too because those are the companies that really change things and make a ton of money. There's been so much value. That was in 2005. Facebook didn't exist. YouTube didn't exist. I think Google existed. I'm not sure. Um, it did. But I mean, none of that, none of that, no LinkedIn, you know, no Tumblr. Uh, that's all. That's a ton of like, capital and money that like just didn't exist and so clearly something's missing and so it's been exciting to see people with good ideas get connected with the, the people who have the ability to start the companies and I'm excited about it. What up gang? Hi. You guys want to be on a podcast? Sure. sure. You gotta get tight. Get those faces tight. It's Come good. on. Don't be shy. My name's Keith Fix. I run a company called Blab Feed. Hi, I'm Paige McKern and I have one year left of college at Morningside. I'm Alex Olson, and I'm a student as well at Creighton. I think you're you're always uh, you're always evolving and learning, and if you if you don't if you don't do that, um, it's easy to get left behind. So I think the smartest people are the the ones that that grow as they get as they get older and stay young forever. Woo! Sorry. I've learned that um, I think what's you know, there's so much more than just a t-shirt. Like, buying a, a shirt is being part of this big Omaha community, and it's something, like, so simple. Like, we had a t-shirt design. The most popular one was the cow, and we're not quite sure what the cow's name is. Might be Betsy. We're not sure. Luna. Luna. Yeah, Luna. I don't know. But the cow is just a cow on a shirt. But anywhere you walk around, someone's going to ask you, what's that cow, like, on that shirt? And you get to tell them the big Omaha story. But anyone that's been here and 
been a part of that is going to know that. And you're going to walk on the street, you're going to say, hey, we're in Big Omaha you. together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Woo! Woo! My name's Dusty Davidson. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Flywheel and uh, the founder and sort of partner in Silicon Prairie News and Big Omaha. Uh, so Flywheel is a, a platform for web designers and agencies to launch uh, WordPress websites and really kind of eliminate the pain associated with dealing with the technology and the security and all the kind of crud that goes into uh, uh, dealing with uh, you know, uh, w- launching websites um, so they can focus on what they do best, which is designing and interacting with their clients and really like building beautiful um, websites. What is the biggest thing you've learned starting specifically Flywheel? Uh, you know, the Flywheel is a real opportunity to, um, uh, we always say, like, do things that don't scale and, like, and to, like, hustle our way into growth. And so, um, you know, we learned a lot about uh, how to, you know, aggressively push on, like, a daily basis and kind of, like, measure on a weekly basis, like, how, you know, how we are growing. And uh, that was, and, like, what is effective from a hustle perspective, right? You talk a lot about marketing and all this other stuff, but, like, literally, like, how do we, especially in the early days, really just aggressively push, make phone calls, talk to customers, whatever it is, um, to, uh, to learn what we need to do and what we need to build, but also like to just like get that, that, that early traction. Wait, can you <laughs> do a sound effect that we can use as the edit version for the next one? Do you want a minute to think about it? No, I don't. I don't. No, I don't want to do that. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I use my use Dusty Davidson's crackling voice, like uh, uh, you know, as the as the as the sound, <laughs> or my cough. <laughs> can you just can you just do like a guys guys. <laughs> So, uh, so the, the, the joke in the story is that at Big Omaha, every year, I lose my voice. So, and I always say it's a combination of talking to all the great people and gin and tonics. And so, uh, and then I get on stage and inevitably, you know, welcome everyone and then have to sort of like in my raspy, crackly voice sort of like, you know, introduce people and welcome them to the stage. And so this year is no different, uh, except with limited responsibilities, it probably is even, even worse in a lot of ways. And so there's a guy sleeping. I'm just going to hold the microphone up to him. Sure. Would you like to be on a radio show? Sure. It's not live right now. No, sure I'll be. Can you tell us what your name is and what I just did to you? Uh, my name is Michael and you woke me up from a nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's honest, isn't it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Hey, I'm 61. Sometimes my battery needs a little bit of recharging. <laughs> Michael Alfers, and I'm here because my youngest son is the director of the of the event. My business, I own. Can I sit up? No, I think you should stay. Okay, I'll stay down then. Um, I <laughs> take all the time you want. Um, I have. Um, owned and run a family dental business in a small town 100 miles west of here for 31 years. What's the name? What's the uh, Family dentistry. And then uh, also we um, entrepreneured a, a local non-denominational church in 1992 and have pastored that uh, since uh, Living Word Church International. And we've pastored that since 05 uh, and currently still pastoring that. So. Do you have an 
amazing attitude, and I can just tell you, what what is your secret? Honestly, I found Jesus in 1976. He changed my life, and God is everything to me. Nothing, nothing ranks higher than that. Tim Foote, I'm an associate at Flyover Capital. I know why you're here, but what brought you to Big Omaha? It's really a chance to kind of see what's going on here in Lincoln and Omaha, really the whole region, and bringing a lot of great minds together and getting in, uh, into a lot of really neat conversations and enjoying a lot of speaker events. It's, it's been terrific. We're really focused on creating the next generation of successful tech companies in the region. That's our, that's our mission. Press release went out this morning. Flyover Capital. Invest in Bulu, specifically uh, Bulu Insights. I know you weren't directly, to my knowledge, you weren't directly involved in the deal. Maybe you might have seen you randomly on CCs. What was the linchpin in your opinion? And we can edit this out if you, sure. tomorrow, if you email me or whatever, I'll make sure you know what What was the linchpin to you guys actually signing and, and doing the deal with us? So I think the big thing, and I was not part of the the diligence process, but I think that we saw a lot of potential with the data collection and how useful that data would be to companies. Uh, I think that we really were impressed with your team uh, in, in the meetings and have a lot of confidence that you'll be able to see that mission through. Well, that's it for this episode of Inside Outside. If you want to be on the show with a question or a comment, feel free to call our voicemail. The number is 402-413-1194. Special thanks to everyone who gave an interview at Big Omaha and the people who run Big Omaha. Without them, the Midwest startup community wouldn't be where it is today. Music for this podcast is brought to you by bensound.com. Until next time, go build something big.